Hey everybody, Adam Stott here. Thanks for checking out my podcast, Business Grow Secrets. You're absolutely in the right place. This podcast is going to reveal to you all of the secrets that you've been looking to discover that can allow you to cure your cash flow problems, attain more clients, bring in more leads for your business, and create systems and processes that give you the growth that you want. You are going to discover the business growth secrets you have been looking for that I've used to sell over 50 million pounds worth of products and services on social media and help clients everywhere to grow their businesses on the mark. So let's get started on the Business Growth Secrets podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to Business Growth Secrets. You're your host, Adam Stott. We've got something a bit different this week. I thought it would be really, really interesting to turn things around a little bit and deliver you something really cool and really different. One of uh, my really good friends, uh, Ibrahim, who is a speaker, coach, consultant, uh, property advisor, somebody that's been building his brand in a massive way, speaking on big stages and getting himself out there, has recently started his own podcast. And he invited me over to be the one of the first guests ever on the podcast and do an interview with him done lots of podcast appearances in the past but I actually really liked Ibrahim's interview style the questions he asked I think there's a lot of depth in this interview I think he really really dug deep with me and I think we shared some great gems so the difference with this particular episode is you are going to listen to me being interviewed, you're going to see me dive a bit deeper, give some real gems, give some real tips. And I think it's a really, really cool interview. So go and uh, listen to this one in full. You can learn a little bit more about the depth of my story, the bits that I've been through. And rather than me being the interviewer this week, you're going to see me getting interviewed. So I hope you really enjoy it and you take loads out of it. Of course, if you're getting lots and lots of value from the podcast, would love to hear from you. And the best way to do that is either to connect with me on Instagram at Adam Stock Coach, or if you can and you could spare a spare minute of your time to go and give us a lovely review and maybe tell us about some of the best episodes and the episode that you've enjoyed the most. So hope you enjoy this upcoming episode and you get loads from it and I look forward to connecting with you very soon. Welcome everyone to the Need to Succeed podcast, right? And this is the podcast where we introduce guests who are absolutely successful and who are absolute winners in the field. And really the aim of this podcast is to show people what successful people have done and what was their need to succeed. Because oftentimes the very thing that some people feel is holding them down is actually the very thing that has driven other people to absolute success. And that is what we're going to be sharing with you on this podcast. And today we have got an absolute gem. We have got someone who has built a business to over 40 million pounds in sales using social media, right? Someone who's built multiple million pound businesses, someone who sits on the full council, you know, when it really comes to business, social media, and having the right mindset to scale any business, there is no one better. He himself has sat and interviewed some of the biggest personalities on this planet. I am honored and privileged to welcome today to the Need to Succeed podcast, Mr. Adam Stutz. How are we, Adam? Very, very well, my friend. Very, very well. Excited. Can't wait to talk to you and share with you and, you know, really uh, help help with the podcast. Can't wait to hear it. So, yeah, honestly, it's an yeah. absolute pleasure, you know, having you on here. 
Um, I'm really, really honoured as well. Really, really honoured because um, I've had to rush down here today because <laughs> when, I, when I got in touch with yourself to say, look, Adam, here's what we're looking to do. Here's the podcast. You know, here's the idea behind it. I would love to have you on. You know, immediately you said yes straight away. I'm like, here's my diary. You know, here are the dates. When are you free? Like, listen, actually, I'm free tomorrow. And then I'm not free again for however long. I'm like, I'm coming down, right? Perfect. Dropped everything. So, you know, really, really honoured and grateful to have you here with me today. Brilliant stuff. Can't wait. Going to be exciting. Awesome Brilliant. stuff. Awesome. So, Adam, the, we've got a tradition on the podcast. And the very, very first question really is, what does success mean to you? And it's a good question. It's a really good question. I think everybody's definition is different. I feel that success to me is being able to do what you want, when you want, where you want, wherever you want, and just being able to enjoy your life. I think success to me is to be able to have choices and to really be able to enjoy your choices, to live a life at a different level. I think that a lot of people in this world, unfortunately, don't have those choices. And for me, success has never just been about make more money, make more money, because money for me is a way of keeping score. Money is the numbers, the metrics that tell you whether you are successful in your endeavors, in your business, in your pursuits. But actually the choices, to be able to go and do what you want, to go on holiday where you want, to buy the car you want, to get any clothes that you want, to be able to take time off to go and do the school run, to be able to do whatever you want and have those choices. I, I'm now in a privileged position to be able to do what I want. You know, and look, there's levels of that. You know, I've been successful and been very successful, but I'm not taking private jets everywhere just yet, right? <laughs> so there is obviously levels of, of that, you know, and um, you, you continue, but that's not necessarily on my agenda, right? I have done that in the no. past, but I don't do it everywhere. Yeah. Do, you, do you understand yeah, what I mean? And I think that, you know, you have to, and now I'm in a nice place in my life where I get to have and do what I want, which I think is really cool. And for me, that is the definition of success. Yeah, that's great. Such a great answer as well, because mm. I, also, I also believe in that. I think, you know, you can be successful in so many different things. And when people talk about success, a lot of times we just go to monetary success. Yeah, yeah. You know, but success could be in a relationship. You know, it mm. could be, you know, someone who's just won the World Cup, for example. You know, that is yeah. massive success. And it's not necessarily tied yeah. to how much money they've made. Yeah. But it's just that. I've won. Absolutely. And success in different areas of life. Obviously, the relationship you're in, you want to be happy, you want to be enjoying that, you want to be, you know, and there's success in that area, there's success in money, there's success in, you know, your competitiveness, your growth and different areas. But I think for me, overall success is being able to have choice and freedom of what you want to do. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. So what I'd like to do now is really get to understand you a bit more. Yeah. All right. Just to understand how, you know, someone like yourself have got to where you are today. So let's just take it back to five years ago when you were a young boy. Five years. <laughs> five years. Yeah. You know, but who, who was Adam? Who was Adam when he was, uh, you know, when he was back in school, for example? All oh, right. Five years ago. We're going back, unfortunately, what now, uh, you know, 25 years ago, I think. Um, and I think actually the first question that you asked links directly to this question, right? So everybody's definition of success, no doubt, is different. And I think that your circumstances where you grew up, the things that you did, where you've been, is you're always trying to further yourself, develop yourself and grow yourself. So if you're furthering yourself, developing yourself and growing yourself, like say somebody else, somebody that started out with money, maybe they had wealthy parents, they had someone around them, then maybe to them, 
freedom and choices is not the most important thing because they probably grew up with that, right? Mm. So to them, their definition of success, I think, is directly linked to where you actually come from in the beginning, right? Mm. And for me, um, my background is growing up. I, I, I went through a period of being in a place where my family had everything. We went to private schools. We were wealthy. And then when I was about 10 years old, it all got taken away. So I think I was in a place where I had, when I was younger, where, you know, I lived in a lovely house. We had lovely cars. We went to private schools. We had everything, right? And had a very nice, settled uh, upbringing. And then all of that got taken away. Um, my family, unfortunately, at that stage lost, you know, everything in a recession. And then all of a sudden, I didn't have those choices anymore. And I think that that link, that's why the two questions link, et cetera. Mm. So when I was at school, you know, I met 10 years old, I moved from a private school. I remember going to the first day of school wearing a cap with a briefcase into a rough, <laughs> a rough school. <laughs> and straight away, I realized, actually, you better take off that cap, <laughs> get rid of that briefcase because we're going to have to mix it in a different way here, right? <laughs> and I remember just being in a very, very, very different place. And, you know, that was kind of where I was at. And I, I, and I loved it, to be fair, because, um, you know, I made lots of friends. So I settled into that environment and, uh, you know, I had, a, I had a lovely, I can't really moan about my upbringing or anything like that. Yep. Just that I probably went from having choices to having a lack of choices. And then as I grew up and I went through school, you know, what I think really happened with me, and there might be some people that watching um, in the same kind of boat, I'm a creative person. I'm somebody that likes innovation. Um, I'm somebody that likes to take action. I'm somebody that's fairly impulsive at times. Um, I'm somebody that really is keen to drive on, make decisions and do things. And I think as we, as I moved into school, I didn't fit into that environment at all, right? So the school environment that I went in, I think I was very quickly labeled as somebody that was thick because my attention span was short. You know, I think that in the school system, and we're talking about success here, so it's, I suppose, relevant. People obviously want to get to the big numbers, the big success and stuff like that. But if we're looking at where the actual success comes from, I think in school I was completely written off. And I think that happens to a lot of people in the school system yeah. because in the school system people are typically labelled. If you are given a piece of paper, can you memorise this? Can you get the answers right? And then you get an A, B, C, D, or D, right? And that means you're good or you're not good. Come very for me, right? Yeah, for me, that, that ain't me at all. Yeah. You know, like I, I got used because <laughs> that was not my way of learning. That was not my way of thinking. I was written off completely. So what did I do? You know, and, and this comes back to your, you know, if you look at your hierarchy of needs and things, people need to feel significant. So what did I do? I played the fool. I played up. I was an idiot, you know, and, uh, you know, I was naughty. And I just did everything I, I, I could to to actually be friend, have friends and be popular rather than really caring about school. And just play into that kind yeah. of stereotype. They, they yeah, kind of yeah. put you into a box and you thought, you know what, actually people find this a little bit funny, so let me just yeah, lean 100%. into that a bit more. So I was the worst student you've ever had at school. Yeah. Anybody that's watching this that knows me at school, like often people will reach out to me and stuff, especially yeah. after I did the TV program, I did Rich House, Poor House twice, and actually I did Million Pound Motors. So after I did those TV programs, I had people reaching out to me at school. They're <laughs> like, oh my God, what happened to you? <laughs> Because I was just uh, a 
a menace, right? Yeah. And they couldn't believe it. Like girls that I went to school with or boys that I went to school couldn't believe the change. Absolutely. And, and, and that, that's really kind of the crux of what, what I want to understand. Like how does someone, like what you mentioned, being at school, actually get to where you are today? But just taking it back to, you know, you said you grew up and you were comfortable. You guys had everything, private mm-hmm. school, all of that. Something happened. Yeah. Like what actually happened and were you able to really comprehend what happened at the age of 10? Um, I don't think I was able to comprehend exactly what happened, but there's a few things that I remember, right? So the first thing I remember is that after we, uh, as a family, lost um, everything, right, i.e. the houses, the cars, the money, um, the one thing that we had left, oh, it was me and my two brothers, the one thing that we had left was a transport calf that my mum got given in, in the divorce. And we had to go and live in the back of a transport calf in a two-bedroom, tiny bungalow, greasy, horrible um, bungalow. And I remember turning up there that day and I just thought like, oh my God, what has happened? Why do we now live here? Because I'd gone from being you know, a well-off kid to being a very poor kid, mm-hmm. you know, straight away. And I was embarrassed. And it was just like, it was a bit of a jolt to the system. And I remember that. But then I watched my mum run a transport calf and raise me and my two brothers working every hour possible to kind of rebuild. And she worked very, 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 very hard. And she was very uh, driven. And my mum just literally rebuilt our our lives to the point where, you know, six, seven years later, we were comfortable again. And and that was a, you know, fairly comfortable again, which was great. And, you know, my dad, who had gone bankrupt, I watched my dad have to work for 15 to 20 years nearly to rebuild himself. So I've seen people, I've, I've been in the environment where we've had everything, lost it all, and had nothing. And, you know, it's always interesting. So when you talk about money, you know, some people like talk about money being like a lot of people have associations to money. So we'll take an association as a common one. Like money is the root of all evil. Hmm. You know, it absolutely isn't. For me, money <laughs> is the ability to be able to have choices. Right. It is, you know, and that's for me, people have to change their mindset around money. Look, I've had a lot of money you know, both personally and my family as well at times. And I've also had nothing. Mm-hmm. And I know which I prefer <laughs> yeah. Right at the end of the day. Yeah. You know, it's a much nicer to have something than not have it. Yes. But I also have an association that you ain't going to have it unless you work hard. Right? Absolutely. Because, you know, I saw my mum work very hard. I saw my dad work very hard to rebuild things. And I also remember at that time, it's another thing I remember at the time, I had a friend um, when I was about 11, there was a lovely lad that I met at this new school. Great guy. And actually, he's a, you know, he's done actually pretty well. He's in America now. And I remember going to his house at the weekends and we used to go to his house. So I used to go from my greasy transport calf to go into my friend's house. And at his house, he had three acres. He had tennis courts out the back. He had a swimming pool. He had a beautiful place. Live, and it was just like, I loved being there. So this was one of your friends from yeah. your private school? No, 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 not from my private school. It was actually from the new school I ended up going okay. to. And he was in a great, they had a great, great, great place. And I always remember, it's like, I want that. Mm. You know, that's what I want. And I think that imprinted something on me that said, you know what? And this is the interesting thing. The reason I did Rich House, Poor House is when they said to me, Adam, the lady that you're going to be doing it with, she's got children. And she's like, you know, and and you're not swapping with children. Do you want to do that? I said, absolutely, because I think for me, 
if you're going to inspire somebody, the environment is a big part of it. Mm. Now, you can't aim for things you've never seen. Mm -hmm. So if you've never seen it, you don't really know it. Mm -hmm. You might have seen it on an Instagram post. You might have seen it on a YouTube video. You might have seen it, whatever. But if you've never experienced it, you don't really know it. No. Right? So I said, well, when we do the swap, you know, I, in the video they did on this rich house, poor house, is one of the little girls, she never had a staircase. So in my house, she's running up and down the mm. stairs, biggest smile on her face, mummy, we've got a staircase, mummy, we've got a staircase. You know, and I think she's now seen that. Mm -hmm. So she's like, well, why can't we have it's more? Possible. Do, do you understand? Yes. It's possible. And I think that people need to be exposed to environments in order to raise their ambitions, which is why when you hear phrases on YouTube or whatever it is, like you are the sum of the five people that you spend time with, it's not that saying magical is going to happen to you or some piece of advice is going to change everything. Actually, is you being close to somebody that's playing at a higher level than you is going to show you it's possible to do more. 100%. And, and that, for me, I think is a really important element of success. Uh, really, you, you, you also just won't fit in anymore. Right? Yeah. If, if they're achieving at such a level and you're playing down here, at some level, there's just going to be, you know, we, we're too busy doing the things that yeah. we need to be doing and yeah. you just don't fit in. Right, yeah. So you can either not fit in and find a new set of friends that is going to make you feel comfortable yeah. or yeah. you're actually going to get dragged along and you know play at that same level to achieve the things that they're achieving as well. 100%. And I think when you talk about friends, I, you know, I've got friends that I absolutely you know, love to this day, but actually when I spend time with the people I spend time with now, I choose to spend time with the people that are similar in thinking to me. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the time people have actually said over the years about people say, well, Adam, you don't, you know, you're, you're not hanging out of us anymore. But if I go into an environment and people are talking like, oh, life's so shit, I don't want to be there. Because mm -hmm. to me, life ain't shit. Life's great. Mm -hmm. I, I, I love life. I love what I do, you know. So yeah. I want to be around people that also love life. Absolutely. And that is my choice. Yes. And I still love the people that are in that that think like that, but I spent many years trying to change their thinking. Yes. And really change comes internally. And you can't change someone, they have to want to change. Brilliant. Did you make that connection that when you were obviously you had you had this friend who, you know, really kind of opened your eyes to what was possible, what you wanted. Yeah. And at the same time you were seeing your mom just go through not difficulty, but just mm. working really, yeah. really hard. Were you able to make that connection or, or how were you feeling at that time seeing your mum work so hard? Truthfully, if I'm being brutally truthful, I didn't care then. That <laughs> sounds brutal, right? Okay. But I was a kid and, and you're selfish as a kid, aren't you? You think about you, you think about your needs now. But I look at my mum now and my respect for her is here because yeah. I think that she did work really hard and she raised three children. I think when you become a dad, as you now are and as I am, I think that you realise actually how hard it is to bring up children, the amount yeah. of effort. Yeah. I think you don't realise that as a kid. You don't yeah. actually realise what you've been given and and and, and how much support you're getting. Yeah. So I can't lie and say, oh, I was like, I thought, oh, mum, you worked hard. I didn't. Mm. I wasn't mature enough to actually realise that she was working that hard and bringing three okay. children up. But now I realise it and my respect for my mum increased greatly. So were there, were there not periods where, you know, maybe she was working or you had some things that you had to do at school, for example, and maybe she couldn't attend those things or did she always make sure she was there for everything irrespective of how hard she was working? No, not at all. She, you know, you have to, she had to make choices yeah. because, and that's the problem. And that's why I said again, she had to make choices where she... Uh, couldn't do certain things or couldn't buy certain things or we couldn't have certain things or, you know, couldn't go certain places or whatever. 
but that that she did try, no doubt. But obviously, you go through when you have a lack of money, you have a lack of choices. Yeah. When you have a lack of money, you have a lack of freedom. You know, and I think that for me, um, later on, I think that's a big driver. You talk about what, why is it that you wanted to succeed? Why is it you want to grow? Why is it that you want to do things? Why do you want to push further? It's because I don't want to have a lack of money. I don't want to have a lack of choices. I don't want to have a lack of freedom. Yeah. You know, and I think that's important. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and that, that, that's really kind of what I was trying to get at with, with that kind of situation. Cause, you know, when I, I grew up very, very poor myself as well. Mm. And there was just things where, you know, for example, just trainers. Yeah. Right. You see your friends, they're coming to school. They got yeah. these lovely, nice yeah, trainers. Yeah. And, you know, it gets to a point where you don't even ask because you kind of understand we're not in that situation. Right. Yeah. If I ask, you know, I'm either going to get shouted at just because not yeah. because they're angry at me, but because they're also frustrated that they can't give me those things. Right. Mm. So, but you, you realize these things as a kid, like, you know, there's, there is a difference in, yeah. You know, it kind of imprints something in you. Now, it can go two ways, you know, because I've also got friends who, you know, they've been in that situation and they just decided to sort of give up on life. You know, but successful people have a different kind of viewpoint on that. What were you thinking in those well, moments? I think it creates independence eventually. And I think that I, again, something, you know, that's in my background is I moved out when I was 15, all right? Very, very young. And... um that created that independence for me, mm-hmm. you know, and I knew that I needed to, and, and actually when I moved out at 15, initially when I moved out at 15, uh, it's because I didn't get along with my mum um, because we were battling exactly the way you've just said. And then when um, I spent time with my dad, I didn't get along with my dad and the family he was with. So my dad had this flat and he was like, Adam, just go and live there. Like, you go and live there, you know, you can pay some rent, you'll have to do some work. So I went out. Got Is it at 15? Yeah, at 15. And then I lived there for, to the point where I was about 16, 16 and a half. Then I went and moved in with a friend. So I never, like, I was literally from the age of 15, wow. independent. Um, which is funny now because it's, 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 um, it's funny now because some people often, because I delegate a lot, which is what happens as you get to the point where you can do more. Is people presume that I can't do certain things. Yes. Like, it's, it's funny. So I've had girlfriends in the past say to me, he's like, oh, you don't know how to cook. What are you want you about? I've been cooking for myself since 15. You don't know how to use washing machine. Yeah, I do. I just prefer not <laughs> to use a washing <laughs> You know, like, I'm ready to get somebody I'm else to do that, right? Leverage. People can think, what a wanker. But it's like, like literally, you, you know. leverage. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Leverage, leverage whatever. <laughs> but um, yeah, anyhow. So I moved out very young, got jobs, and, and then that's when I had serious lack. So if I thought I was poor living at home, now I'm really poor. Because now I can't eat the food I want to eat. Uh, you know, it, it, it was, that's where I actually realised that was more, where I realised actually, do you know what? If you, if you want to do things, you're going to have to work harder, you're going to have to make more money, you're going to have to work longer because now you're in the world, real world. And I think I got into the real world very young. So you were having to pay rent at 16? Yeah, 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 yeah. And, uh, you know, and then pay electric and gas and everything else like that. And, you know, it was just from a very, very young age. I think generally, if we go down the traditional route, yeah. you probably don't get to that stage until you're 21. Once you've gone to uni, you've, you know, you've left mm. uni and that's when you start realizing actually there's this reality to rent and bills and all this sort of thing. So mm. at 16, you kind of had to go through this already. Yeah, I went through, I went through that. And then I 
renting out rooms to have friends who've lived with me. So all my little rogue want friends that were also not getting on with their people at home, it was like, go and live with Adam. You've got another room there, we'll pay some rent there. And I just sort of scrambled together and, you know, got different jobs and tried to work my way up to being um, in a place where I could do more. And I was, I was lucky, fortunate, but whatever you want to call it, to find something at that stage that I was good at. And I'd never been good at anything before. You know, when I was uh, 17, I, 17, 18, I can't remember the exact, exactly. Um, I was fortunate to get an opportunity in a sales role. And this sales role, at the time, I'd been working dead-end jobs, building jobs. I'd even had a stint at KFC. <laughs> getting laid bare on Abraham's podcast, right? <laughs> um, you know, like I've done some crappy jobs. Yeah. And I worked at McDonald's as well. So oh, did you really? Oh, yeah, that okay. makes me feel better. I prefer Cassie's McDonald's. <laughs> so, so just thinking, right. And then, and I think it's good to tell people that because people actually, un- and do you know Absolutely. what I think now is I do think if somebody hasn't got a job, go and get a job. It don't matter where you work, right? 100%. Just make sure 100%. you're in a job. Make sure you're earning money. Make sure you're pushing forward. Where you are now is not where you need to be forever. A hundred percent. And, and it a can lot give of you a better forever. platform. Yeah. They don't. They don't yeah. because even whatever you're earning, you know, especially if you're still at home or you still got some comfort mm. blanket, whatever you're earning from that job that you might not want to do, you can put that aside and then use that yeah. to leverage yourself and get started instead yeah. of actually going to have to ask someone for money or ask for a little bit yeah. of help. You can create that platform for yourself, right? hundred percent. It's not wrong with working as long as you've got a plan and you've got yeah. a goal, right? Yeah, and, and communication skills and exactly. dealing with teams and also having fun. Yes. You start working in a team, you start having fun, you're enjoying your life more, you're building your self-esteem up, you're building your belief up. And I think anyone young watching this, I often told my nephew, you know, just go and work in a trainer shop, go and work at McDonald's, go and work somewhere. 100%. So not do anything. And, yes. and actually, to be fair to the boy, to be fair to Dill, um, he's very driven lad. And he's now working, he's doing landscaping and stuff like that. And he has always worked. But I do believe that the quicker somebody gets into work, the communication skills are better, the belief's better, the self-esteem goes up, and people generally, you don't have to be there forever. Anyway, so I do this, um, I get this opportunity. I go to this sales job for the first time, and I don't know it's a sales job. I just know that this is in a warm place. So no longer am I working outside. No longer am I working frying chicken, doing crap like that. I'm like, oh, I'm going to work in a place that looks nice. I'm in a showroom, right? And this showroom was called Powerhouse. It was selling TVs, washing machines, toasters, everything else like that. Powerhouse. Um, yeah, yeah. Hey, and, they and still what, exist. I remember them. I don't think they. I don't. I don't think they do now, right? Oh. And what happened was, I remember the first day. First day. And the reason I took the job, wanted the job so bad, is because I had a coffee machine, right? <laughs> I thought, you get free coffee if you work here. What's a result? <laughs> this is how low my expectations were in life at this stage, right? And anyway, I remember going in, and I remember talking to a lady there, a lovely lady called Diane, and I said, well, how do it work? She said, well, you go up and you talk to people, and you help them, and then they buy things. I was like, okay. So I thought, well, I'll avoid doing any of that. Because <laughs> that was my mentality. It's like, I'll avoid. And when they buy things, you get, and I can't remember, it's 2 or 3%. You get 3% of what they buy. I said, what do you mean? Well, every time they buy something, you get 3% of what they purchase. Mm-hmm. And you get that. I was like, yeah, but you're already paying me. You're paying me. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, but you get that extra. Mm. I was like, what? So I go and talk to people when I get paid. She's like, yeah. 
and that was it. I was like the Tasmanian devil. <laughs> I was just running around, running around, running around, talking to people, getting my 3%, to getting my 3%. It's just like, I love this. And I had found something for the first time ever but not, not, that not, I could do. Not, not yeah. everyone's got that mentality, though, because some people say, actually, you know, I'm getting paid. I'm happy with what I'm getting paid because actually for the first time, I'm getting my free coffees. I'm in a warm place. I'm getting paid. I don't need to run around and speak to anyone else. Mm. Like, what was it that made you want to do that? Because I, I was not happy, and this is a good question. So I wasn't happy with where I was at this stage. And we're going back a long time. You know, I was young, I'm 18 at this point. But I wasn't happy with where I was. And I knew no one was going to come and change it for me. And I think that what people do is they accept not being happy with where they were. But for me, I was never going to accept that. Mm. And I think that's my advice to anyone watching. If you're not happy with where you are, if it's meant to be, it's up to me, right? Mm. It's down to you. You've got to change it. Now, you can find the right mentors. You can find the right coaches. You can find the right advisors. You can get people to point you in the right direction. But the bottom line is you've got to do it. Yeah. Right. And you've got to make the change. And and for me, I was like, okay, well, that makes me the change. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, if you sell 20 of these, you get a free TV. I'm like, all right, well, consider it done. You know, mm-hmm. and then I thought, okay, well, I need to get better at this mm. because I wanted to be because I wanted more. So then I started studying, then I started learning, I started getting into personal development, and I got really good at it. And then all of a sudden I got some significant I'd never been told I was good at anything. The building jobs I did, everyone told me I sucked. The uh, KFC job, all I ever got was moaned at. When I was at school, wherever I got was moaned at. When I went home, wherever I got was moaned at. Yeah. You know, now somebody turns around and says, you know, you're really good at that? Like, Jesus. What was the difference? How do you mean? So, you know, you've been told you sucked at KFC, you sucked at the building job, you sucked at all of this other one. But why were they telling you that you were good at this? What was the difference? I think, it's, and this is what I really talk to people about and, and try to help them with is to, for them to understand that if you, if you find something you enjoy, it's going to be so much easier and so much more natural for you. And that's why you've got to try a few things. You've got to test things out. People are afraid to make a mistake, and that's the opposite. You have to make mistakes, especially when you're young. You've got to go and try a few things. Mm-hmm. You've got to work things out. You know, I actually remember, I go back to my nephew, I remember his mum texting me going, he's going from job to job. I said, good. <laughs> that's good. Mm. Because he's got to find what he likes. And mm. actually, he has found what he likes now mm. and he's pushing on. It's, and he's right. given everything to yeah, yeah. And, and now, himself. it's not a struggle for him to get up in the morning. Now, mm. it's not a problem because he loves what he's doing. And, and I think that for me, I found something that I enjoyed. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I found something that I enjoyed and people told me I was good at it, I thought, and, and something links up in your brain, says, well, all right, I want to get better at it. I want to be even better. And then it was about developing and becoming better and learning more and, and really pushing on. And, and really, if you look at all the things that I have done, and some people know me that are watching, some people won't know me, but you know, then going later, speaking to 3,000 people in South Africa on business and success, speaking to 2,000 people in Florida, Orlando, you know, doing interviews with Al Pacino and you know, some mega stars and you know, building a business that was voted 1,000 businesses inspire Britain for three years running. All these things, if you go backwards, that's where they started. Mm-hmm. They started in me oh, finding so- – that's where they started, right? And, and I won a competition in Powerhouse for – commission per hour um, nationally. 
And I thought, do you know what? I'm really wow. good. I'm really good in at the this. Whole, in the yeah, whole, the whole group. Okay. Wow. So I thought, I'm really good at this. Mm. And then all of a sudden, I had something that I could be proud of, mm. something that I was good at, mm. which I'd never had before. And by having that thing that what I was good at, that rose my self-esteem. And I think that that's a problem for a lot of people is if they haven't found something they enjoy doing, if they haven't found something they're good at, their self-esteem stays low. Mm. But when you get something you're good at, you build up. You're like, I'm good at this. This is great. Wow. You know, and, and that starts off a pattern of being able to push forward. And that's exactly what happened to me. That's incredible, yeah. man. That, that, that mm. actually made me, I don't know what just happened to my body then, but um, you, you just really kind of saying that you found something that you were good at and then your self-esteem raised, mm. right? But you only found that because you were taking risk. You know, I didn't yeah. like this job. I yeah. don't like that job. I don't like that job. Yeah. And then you found one and then you gave it everything. Like you said, you went into personal developments to actually really get good at it. And then once you got really good at it, you started getting acknowledgement from it. And that made you realize, actually, I am really this good at something. This is the thing. This is the yeah. thing. This is who I am. This is what I'm good at. And I then said, and it's actually funny, I then said, right, how do I become the very, very, very best well. at this? So I became obsessed. So I'll tell you what happened next is, and this is the problem, sometimes when you get really good at something, now, I've had many moments like this in my life, and now I'm much more of a measured person. But sometimes you get good saying, your ego gets out of control. <laughs> but seriously, and yes. that happens to a lot of people. Mm -hmm. People's ego go out of control. And at that stage, when I was a young man, my ego went out of control. And I was like, yeah, I'm brilliant, and da-da-da-da-da. And, you know, and, and I got a bit like that. And mm -hmm. whenever you get like that, you know, you're heading for, for troubled waters, mm -hmm. really, because you've got to stay measured you know, for me, keep your ego aside in everything you do as much yeah. as you possibly can. I was saying just this morning to one of my clients, and funnily enough, it was Randy Zuckerberg. I interviewed Randy Zuckerberg, Mark Zuckerberg's sister. And the question I asked her is, what's the best bit of advice your brother's ever given you? And she said, Mark always said, don't let the, uh, the press, the media, the love go to your head. And don't let the critics go to your heart. Mm. And, and I was saying to this client this morning, don't let the low times get you too low and don't let the high times get you too high. Mm. Stay measured. You know, and I think that's really, really important. So that's something I didn't do, obviously, back then. And I learned <laughs> that lesson, right? Um, but I ended up sort of like doing really well at this job and then getting a bit big for my bank. Oh, I don't want to do this anymore. And kind of, and then I went over to, and I met somebody who was working in car sales and I decided that I was going to go into car sales. And that was a good move for me but when i arrived in car sales at this this new environment completely new environment i went in with an ego that i was going to be absolutely brilliant because i thought i was going to be brilliant going to be number one again uh, yeah of course i was a straight away number one but no i wasn't and when i actually arrived in this environment i found a much higher level of discipline i found a much more intense working style i found a much more discipline disciplinarian type environment mm -hmm. i was working with people that were 10 15 years older than me and the first time i went into the ford dealership i had 15 salespeople in a row lined up like this um and i was stuck there you go your desk's in the middle and you're the youngest and you're gonna have to compete against all these people <laughs> and and it was intimidating I, and the reason being is these people had clients that existing clients they knew about the cars they were good at what they do i started from the bottom again how old were you at this point 
So I was 19. At the time wow. I was 19, I got the job there. They said to me, I went for an interview process with, um, there were 75 people at the interview. I was the youngest person out of the 75. And they said to me, how old are you? And I said, well, I'm 19. They said, well, you know, you, we won't get you on the insurance. <laughs> so I was like, I had, to, I had to talk them into giving me this opportunity. And they did. They gave me the opportunity. And once... And that, what, that, that in itself is enough to boost your ego, right? Yeah, again, sort of <laughs> some way it goes going in. But anyway, I went in and I found it really tough. Yeah. You know, the first, it's really ironic, so I haven't shaved today. Um, but I remember turning up to one of, uh, in my first week, and I remember going into the morning meeting, not shaved, and the manager literally stood up, looked me dead in the eye, and told me to get the hell out, in probably less polite words, mm. go home. And I'd just driven an hour to beat. And I was like, what have I done wrong? I haven't done wrong. But you haven't shaved. You do not come into my showroom not shaving. You get out of it. Wow. And literally that was it. And then any time I didn't shave, it would be straight home. If I turned up one minute late for driving an hour, it would be straight home. Wow. So it was like literally disciplined city. And I learned discipline in that role. Mm. And eventually, after a period of time, I became really successful there. I did really, really well there. Um, I excelled. I became really, really good. I was right up there um, at the top with people that were 10, 15 years older than me that have been doing it years and years and years. And I, I studied, I developed myself, I worked hard, I, I listened to their rules, I abided by their rules. I took 10 tons of shit, like I ate shit, basically, you know, off people. Mm. I, I, I was, you know, like even th like in this role, in this role that I did, when I first arrived there, um, the t this is how I was welcomed by the team. I said, your name, what's your name? I said, Adam. I said, no, that's not your name. I said, what do you mean? I said, your name is New Boy. <laughs> and you will be called New Boy until another New Boy replaces you. And that's when you will learn your name. And I was like, <laughs> like literally. When are we hiring? Yeah, yeah, no. And he's like, literally. And they were like, and that's the shit that I had to take. Like, they, and, and they were like, New Boy, New Boy, New Boy. And that was like, I had to have that for about seven months. And that was the culture. The yeah. culture was, and that, everyone was like, new boys never survive. Yeah. New boys never survive. Mm. New boys never get through. And that made me even more motivated. I'm like, well, I ain't staying new boy forever. I'm mm. fucking going to survive. So, you know, that drive was there. And then I did. Um, and then I went on and, you know, did really well. I did, do you know what, though? As new boys came in, I was a lot better to them than mm. they were to me. <laughs> you knew the feeling. Yeah. Like new boys got the worst car. Mm. Like I, you know, it was a company car. I had a company car at 19 and they gave me, you know, 19 thinking I'm coming to collect my company car. All my mates, if they drive anything, they drive 200 pound Fiestas. Mm. I'm thinking I'm getting a brand new car here. <laughs> this is awesome. And I'm going off and I'm going to get this car, et cetera, et cetera. And they gave me an oyster gray, um, which basically is brown. We won't, Describe the brown, but it's not a very nice color brown. Um, Jura Shift Ford Fusion, which is like a the Ford X, Fusion, yeah, X Motability oh, wow. car. It was horrible. I like you drive that, <laughs> but I was still happy because I had a brand new car, car. You know, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. you know. And anyway, I did well there. I built up there, and you know, again, that carved me with discipline. Yeah, there's a few things that yeah. you, you you've repeated it now. Um, even at Powerhouse, you said, you know, I went to get personal development. Even mm. now, you just said, I studied, I developed myself. Why was that so important? Because I, I, I am competitive. I'm competitive by nature. I don't like losing. 
I, it's just the way I am. Yeah. You know, if you play me at Monopoly, you'll find out. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's like, I don't like losing. And I was losing. I was. I never went in and strength, that went straight to number one. And I think that's what a lot of people get wrong. Mm-hmm. They think that they, when they get the opportunity, they should, you know, they, they feel like they've got a, a right to be top or a mm-hmm. right to be good or a right to a better car. No, everything you have to earn. Mm-hmm. And for me, the support often wasn't there. The training often wasn't there. So I took that into my own hands and I was like, so I remember being at Ford specifically, really struggling, having everybody else around me, finding it easier. And I remember, I'll tell you what I felt like is my memory was really against me at Ford. I still had at this stage a very forgetfulness in me, unorganized in me. I was good with the clients, but I was unorganized. I was forgetful. I had lots of problems with remembering things. I had bad time management. I had bad discipline. I had lots of things. It was just, and, and the boss there used to say, Adam, you're a diamond, but you're a very rough one. You're still in the ground. We've got to pull you out. We've got to polish you up and it's going to take a long time. Mm. And it's true. That's how it was. And for me, it was, I wasn't getting success fast enough. So I started reading and for me, I became obsessed with sales. I read every single sales book there was. I started going on courses and seminars and listening to people and spending time with the good people because I wanted to get better. And, you know, week by week, month by month, year by year, I did. And eventually I was at the top, but it took a build up to get there. A hundred percent. That's, yeah. that's, you know, Nothing is easy. No. I think in this in this whole 21st century, especially with Instagram, social media, you know, a lot of people tend to show their successes. And if you're just watching from afar, it seems like, you know, yesterday they were here and today now they're all the way up there. Mm. But it's, it's never really that way. Like there's a journey and only really people who take the time to develop themselves are going to get there, right? It's, it's not easy. You know, you're not, and again, we're talking about sales here. And that was the beginning for me. But as when I started a business, then you need to learn marketing, you need to learn branding, you need to learn business strategy, you need to learn finance. And there's other areas that you need to become sharp in. But I would say the ground basic skill is like nobody succeeds in business unless you can sell. Mm-hmm. It's not debatable. Yeah. I've trained thousands, <laughs> thousands of people. Yeah. And the, the thousands of people that I've trained, if you even take them aside and you look at Business owners that are uber successful, people I've had on my podcast, people I've interviewed, people I've spent time with, they've all got that in common. They can all sell because you're always going to be selling. You're going to be selling your products. You can be selling your services. You can be selling your ideas. You can be selling your vision. You can be selling the path to your staff that you're going on. You can be selling all the time. You can be selling to investors. You can be selling to fundraisers. You can be selling your idea to partners, suppliers. You are always selling. And those basic skills that I learned in the early stages of my career were a grounding for me to be able to go on and achieve more later on. And I think sales is incredibly important. 100%. Mm. I couldn't agree more. You know, sales is um, something I enjoy doing myself. Mm. And you, like you said, every single conversation you have in potentially is a sale. You know, I've got a daughter now. I mean, yes, she doesn't speak back, but I understand even now I have to sell to her, even though she doesn't understand what I'm saying, right? To try and yeah. get her to do something. And that's just how it is in relationships, you know, if your negotiations in your team, whatever it is, you go sell an idea. Even as a leader, you go sell an idea to the organization so everyone actually buys into the ethics, the vision, you know, what the mission, what you're trying to achieve. So, um, yeah, I couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. So, yeah, um, you start again really good. You are no longer the new boy. 
Yeah, <laughs> finally. Yeah. yeah. So what happened from there? So when I got really good, I did the same thing again that I did at Powerhouse. I decided to leave. <laughs> and, you know, I think it was just challenge for me is can mm -hmm. you get to the top? And when I did, I just wanted to go and take the next challenge. Yeah. And, and that's exactly what I did. And I got an opportunity to go and work for a company called Amzair, which was Alan Sugar's company, leasing private jets. And I went there and I spent a bit of time there and I worked there for a little while and I didn't enjoy it. And it seemed very... because of blood sugar or just... No, not because, <laughs> yeah. no, not because of him. I mean, I barely had anything to do with him. I met him probably two or three times while yeah. I was at the company, once or twice. Um, I was working for Daniel Sugar, his son, and it was great. There was not, no complaints about them, but I was too far removed from the cut and thrust that I'd loved and become used to, i.e. I was seeing seven to ten customers a day at Ford. I was loving it. I was enjoying dealing with the customers, enjoying the cut and thrust of, of being in that environment, being around other people. And I went into a room at Amzair with three other people and you were cold calling prospecting. Mm. And I just didn't like it as much. Um, so I decided to move on from there and I got a job at BMW and I went on a whole new journey there. You know, and, and really without going deep, deep into that journey, you know, what I learned there was about customer relationships. How do you build really good relationships at Ford? It was how do you sell products? Mm -hmm. How do you get them out the door? At BMW, it was how do you build relationships? And, and really now from the skills that I'd got from these different roles, I now had discipline. I now was organized. Um, I, I was good at my timekeeping, different things like that. Um, I was really driven and now I had good customer relationships and I, I did very well at BMW. And I got to the point where I was still a young guy. Um, when I was 20, 23, 24 years old, I was earning a hundred thousand pounds a year. I had my choice of whatever company car I wanted. Because they were very different with the rules there. I was ordering myself a £100,000 car and having a new one every three months, you know, and it was like a different world. And I loved it and I enjoyed it and I was earning a lot of money. I was having months. I had one month where I earned over £20,000 in a month hmm. when I was 20, 24. Yeah, 24. And uh, they held up my pay slip in the morning meeting and said, Adam's just earned 20 grand, <laughs> you know, and, and it was like... Amazing. Yeah, and it was... It was a big buzz. Mm. And then I started to enjoy my life more, nicer holidays, nicer clothes, more success, nicer car, nicer flat eventually. And what I didn't mention is when I was at Ford and I was very young, I bought my first house at 19. So I actually was able to go and buy a house at 19. I started renting the rooms out to my friends to help pay the mortgage. So by the time I was 24, you know, I had my house, I had money, I was proverbial successful mm. but i wanted the new challenge which was going and building a business and and that was something that just appealed to me i was just drawn to it well wow, so think, this was at, at 24 yeah so you were just you were bmw um you're having the success 20 grand a month and then you just sort of decided to work that was one month i was yeah. earning about a hundred thousand pound a year but in yeah, one month i did earn over 20 grand yeah okay. um yeah i was and just why did, why did you want to leave that I don't know because if you look at the if you look at habitually what I've told you, it was just about challenge, and yeah. I just wanted the new challenge. And I think for me, I just got to the point where I wasn't feeling challenged anymore. And I tell you actually why I left. If I, if I really look back, it just came to me then. Is what happened is they changed the pay structure. I wanted to go and earn 
I was thinking, well, if I can have 150 next year, mm-hmm. then that for me would have been the challenge. Growth. But they changed the pay structure. And actually, I had a meeting with a guy who would later work for me, one of my managers at the time. Later on, he would come and work for me. Mm-hmm. And that happened a lot. People that I used to work for ended up being employed by me. But this guy, I remember him sitting down. He said, look, yeah, we changed the pay structure. You can even moan and kick off about it, you know, but we want you to, to get on with it. We want you to work. So, so you want me to work harder this year than I did last year to earn more money. And he's like, look, Adam, this is the bottom line. I remember it. Um, and I'm sure he remember it if he ever watches. He said, this is the bottom line. You've got two choices, right? You can either leave or you can realize you got it good because if you leave, all we will do, take the 100 grand we're paying you and we'll split it into four. We'll get four salesmen at 25 grand and they'll be able to do the same as what you can do anyway, right, with one. Said, so it's up to you. So all right, I'll leave them. <laughs> so I, I, I just left, you know, and but that. Which is the reality of the corporate world. And, you know, at least yeah. it was very, very honest to actually tell you that, you know, but yeah. the reality is as long as you're working for someone else, then, you know, they've really got that control. And if you go, mm. someone else can actually come in and replace you. Yeah. Right? Yeah, they were brutal with me. And I was like, okay. But for me, that's not the attitude I have now within my business because. The person earning the money is the person the other people are aspiring to follow. Exactly. So cutting that guy off at the knees and making them unhappy, that's no good for your whole organization, right? It's not going to be good for everyone, but that was what happened to me. And I went and started my business, and that was the start of that journey. That's incredible. At 25, yeah. Because you, you make such a good point. Like There are companies where they've got employees, and the employees are working in that business as if it's their business because of the environment that's been created by the person at the top. If you make people feel welcome, you make them feel loved, mm-hmm. make them feel like there is continual growth. Yeah. Where do you want to get to? Okay, 100%. here's how we actually get there. Then you know there's an opportunity for you there, yeah. right? And, um, you know, that's the beauty of it. But you've gone through that experience. So obviously, you know what not to do. 100%. <laughs> Look, at the end of the day, you're either growing or you're dying. And at that point, there was no further growth. Brilliant. And and that that was the opportunity. So I started my own business. It was disaster to start with. I was totally out of my depth. I had no idea what I was doing. I had no idea really that I train now business owners and I, I, I train them on to succeed. And one of the things that I train them on is that there's five areas, five skill sets that you need to be successful. You need to be able to market and you need to have a marketing system for your business that brings you new leads and new opportunities. Without that, you've got no fuel in the engine. The business doesn't grow. From there, you need to be in a place after you've marketed your business that you can convert the sales. And there's too many people, they're a good marketer, can't sell, don't convert anything so it doesn't work. So you need to be a good marketer. You need to set up the right sales process for your business. You need to have the right business strategy to be able to sell your products or services profitably. You need to understand the numbers and understand finance and numbers within the business. And you need a brand that builds and draws people towards you. They're the five things you need. At this point, I didn't have any, all right, including the market. The only thing I could do was sell, mm. and that was it. So I was lost at the beginning. And I spent, and it was the biggest challenge ever because when you're working for someone else, you've got a challenge, you try to achieve the challenge, you grow, you do your thing, and eventually you get there. But with business, is the challenge is never ending, right? Mm. You've got problems here, you've got problems there, you have all these different problems. So for me, I actually enjoyed it. The first two years were disastrous. You know, I worked very, very hard for not a lot of money, um, struggled by, 
realized I was a terrible manager. I was terrible at building people up. I was terrible at teams. I had so many weaknesses when I started, which is ridiculous. You're really good at business. Pardon? So you're really good at business. No, no then I was bad, right? And, and look, at the end of the day, this is the thing. You can only learn, in, in my mind, from people that walk the path and actually have made the mistakes. Mm-hmm. You know, and I made a lot of mistakes early on. And, and when I made those mistakes early on, they took me away from my success. But it's only what I did is every time I realized that I was not good at something, rather than cowering from it, rather than deciding that I was going to avoid it, rather than sweeping it under the carpet, I said, I know what to do here. I need to get good at it. So if I was a terrible manager, mm-hmm. which I was, I went out and I read 20 books on management. I went out and I studied and I took courses on management, yeah. right? That's why I decided to do it. If I realized that I wasn't great with people, I looked at how to motivate people. I read books on how to motivate people. and I, I started to learn that area. If I realized that I wasn't good at marketing, I got obsessed with marketing. I took every course in the world. I traveled all over the world to Maastricht and it was critical. You know, when I wasn't good at numbers, I employed the best finance people around me and I learned from them. I picked their brain. I got to know exactly what they were doing. And it's a resourcefulness that when you start in business, you're not going to be good at everything, but you have a choice, right? You either decide that you're going to get good at it and you learn it or you ignore it and you suffer because of it. So it took me a long time. Um, certainly the first couple of years were hard. I think you've been quite humble there. Uh, yeah. I, I love where we're going with this, but I've got some, because I've been doing some research, mm. right? I've been yeah, yeah. You know, watching some interviews of yourself mm. and all of that sort of stuff from a few years ago. I think yeah. I just said to you this morning, like you literally haven't changed. Your face still looks the same as it was like five, six years ago. Um, but can I've you got just... a few wrinkles. That's not, that's not true, <laughs> but fair enough. And, and losing a little bit of hair, but I'm hanging on in there. That, right? <laughs> can you share with us though? Because I think it's really, really yeah. crucial. How did you start this business? What did you have to do? Well, to the start business, business? went here or this no, first no, this, one? Yeah, so yeah, the, this, yeah. this car business you were talking about. Okay, so the car business that started. Um, I started it. I didn't start a car business. I started a finance business. Okay. That was, it was called, it was a finance business, the first business I started. And what happened with that business is that morphed into the car business okay. because of the changing market. And the changing market was when I started the business in 2008, all the finance companies pulled out of the market. So there's no longer finance brokers. So instead of being a finance broker, I needed a new product. So what I did is I took some of the money that I'd sold, I'd bought and sold my house for. I used that money to invest in a few little cars and I built up from there. Yeah. Can we just go back? That, yeah. That's what I wanted to, to, to touch on. But yeah. You've just kind of skimmed over it. Mm. You sold your house. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, no, no, in the beginning, I sold my house prior to starting the business. Yeah, so yeah. That, that, you know, this is what I heard you say before. Like, how do you have that confidence and the belief to almost give up everything that you've worked for? At the age of 19, you were actually able to get on the ladder. But you, how did you believe in yourself so much to be able to sell your house and say, you know what, I'm going to make it? How did you come think, to that conclusion? I think I had been successful several times in what I was doing, and I did believe in myself. Mm. And I did believe that it would come back. But this and, was everything. How do you push through that fear? Because fear is something that tends to hold a lot of people back. And our mind is, you know, it's conditioned to feel the fear and then not, not do it. Mm. Right? So how do you push? Or did you not feel any fear at all? <laughs> it's terrible, isn't it? But I'd love, to, <laughs> I'd love to tell you a, a sob story. The reality, I wasn't afraid. 
Okay. Wow. I wasn't afraid. Wow. And and I'd, I and you talk about conditioning yourself. I, I had conditioned myself that when I was afraid to do it anyway. Wow. And I think through the development I've done, like you know, I remember one of the things I was afraid of. I had a fear of flying when I was younger because I had a really bad flight. Not young, young, but probably when I was about twenty-two or something like that. I remember feel, feel the reading "Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway." I read that book. I read loads of books around fear, but I just felt that this was the path that I was on. Now, this is the interesting. This is the interesting thing because because where we were going is what actually happened is the first year or two. All the money I invested, everything that I invested, everything I put into it, I ended it ended up disappearing. So I had no money. I had no house anymore. I had nothing left. I gambled it all on this business. I felt fear then. <laughs> <laughs> right, but I didn't feel fear when I was doing it. <laughs> then I was like, shit. Yeah. You know, but then left. my actual fear, mm-hmm. the real fear was not around the money I'd lost because money is just a, a money is just a, something that's been invented to stop us killing each other over food. Mm. <laughs> right? Do you know what I mean? That's all. Yeah, money is yeah, money yeah, is just yeah, yeah. A, a currency of exchange, exchange so we can exchange words. things. I'm not bothered about civil. money. I'm not worried about money. And it's easy some say you're not worried about money. I was then. Yeah. You know, but I was at a point where it disappeared. But my real fear wasn't, will I get this money back? And I think that's a big problem with people. People are so precious over money. When they see the depletion of money, mm-hmm. they seize up. Panic. They get worried. They panic. They're too interested in protecting what they have mm-hmm. rather than seeing what they can grow. Mm-hmm. And I was never like that. Wow. I was never like that can about we just money. Like, just, just, just take that in. Like, scared of where you're at now instead of actually seeing the potential of where you could be. That is so powerful. Yeah, that's what people like. They're like, oh, I've got to make sure that this money's okay and I've got this money and that's all I've got. Mm. And it's a scarcity mindset, mm. you know? It's a scarcity mindset. And I think that you have to you have to look at what you're going to have in the future as well. How did you, yeah. you know, the house is gone, Yeah. right? This is everything you've got now. Like you said, you had the confidence, the belief, but now it's all gone down. You're feeling the fear. What do you do next? Like, how do you push through that? So what I did is I worked harder. <laughs> like, literally. I, you know, it's really funny. I remember, so after I moved out of my first little office, I got this little office in Chelmsford. And a few years after I'd done well, um, there, was a, there was a girl that used to walk past my office her name was Laura, and she used to walk past the office, and I would be there every night till 11 o'clock. And I'm not saying that that's the best strategy, but that's the truth. That's mm-hmm. what I was. I was there every night late. And this girl used to walk past. I remember a few years later when I'd done really well, someone said to this girl, Adam was lucky, right? Mm. And, I, and the person that said it, I know, I know him very well. And they went, do you know what? I walked past because she was doing shift work. Adam was there every night at mm. 11 o'clock. And I remember that for years. Mm. She said he was in that office. He was there on his own. He was working. So he weren't lucky. Wow. He actually worked really hard. Graft. And I did yeah. work hard. I worked like a maniac. I was obsessed. I sacrificed everything. Um, you know, going out with my friends, football, anything like that. Everything sacrificed yeah. to make sure that this worked. So what, what, I was what, all in. And that's the mentality you got to have. Is like when you decide on your business, go all in on it. 
Wow. So it was really actually more more strategy in terms of, you know, the money was depleting, but perhaps it sounds to me, maybe I could be wrong, that it was the strategy that wasn't actually quite right. But when you fix the strategy and obviously put more yeah. effort into it, yeah. then things started to change. Is that, is that yeah, right? Yeah, definitely. Because you didn't get more money yeah, coming, I would you? not allow defeat to consume me. I was just not interested in defeat. I wasn't going to let it happen. Like, honestly, that was, wow. that, was, that was my mindset. I will not be defeated. I will not fail. And that can take you so far. Yeah. Because later on, I did fail, yeah. right, in some, in some ways, right? Um, but a small business, when you're really small, you have control over it. Mm-hmm. When you've got 150 staff and you've got millions of pounds going out every week, then it's different. Yeah. You can't control everything. You need a different strategy. Yeah. When you're small, you can control it. And this is a small business owner watching this, right? It's like, if I was having a week where it's like, right, we're going to get to the end of the month and I'm not going to be able to pay the wages. And I knew that that was going to happen. I had two choices. Hide from that or make 400 phone calls to sell enough to make sure we did. Wow. And I always chose the 400 phone calls. Wow. And that was what I did. And in a small business, you can grind your way through any problem. Mm-hmm. In a large business, you can't grind your way through any problem, but you mm-hmm. can in a small. Wow. When it's small, you've got control, you can grind, you can work hard, you can influence, you can mm-hmm. make things happen. You can go back to your clients, you can go back to referrals, you can go back to repeat business. You can grind it out. That's the flexibility yeah. you've got as a small, a small business, business, right? Yeah. And then I went all in on the business again and I grew it again and then I grew it again and I grew it again. I just kept pushing. And then eventually... You know, the, the evolving was grow, 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 but you, me as an individual, has to grow with it. Mm. So I have to be better at the numbers. I have to be better at the branding. I have to be better at the finances. I have to be better at the business strategy. You know, I have to be better with the clients. I have to be better with the people. And I was growing myself whilst growing the business. Mm-hmm. You know, and really, that's what you need to do because if you as an individual don't grow, your business won't grow. In fact, your business grows in direct proportion to the amount you grow as an individual. And I believe that and I continue now to grow. Like now I still am growing all the time. I'm learning all the time. I'm open-minded. I want to learn new things. I don't presume that I know it all. And, you know, I'm still young. I still yeah. want to learn off people. I still have coaches myself, which I think is really important. Because I, I, I speak to a lot yeah. of people in, in what I do at the moment. I work and consult for um, an education company. We teach people how to get into property, you mm. know, and build wealth through property, right? And, um, you know, when some people are starting off, Oh, what, what have you done this week, right? You know, I'm mentoring that capacity as well. What have you done this week? Oh, I'm I'm still just setting this up and then I need to set that up and then I just want to make sure I've got all my ducks in a row and then when, when I've done all of that, then I'll start. And, like, do, do you and f- the problem is this. The problem is, is if you've got no sales experience or background at all, mm-hmm. there's only three things that grow a business, right? That's marketing, sales and branding, right? Three activities that grow businesses that in my experience. And the problem is, is the people that you're referring to, if they're not out there marketing themselves, if they're not selling and they're not building their brand, whether it's in maintenance, they're not going to grow. Mm -hmm. They can spend the next 10 years if they want, making sure (laughs) everything's perfect. They're not going to get anywhere unless you market, sell and brand. But is it ever going to be perfect? No. No, of course it's never going to be perfect. It never will. Look, you know, I had somebody, same conversation. I was running an event. We do lots of events uh, the other day. And, you know, a woman was saying to me, I think you have to work on the product and service and make it absolutely perfect. 
And I said, well, if that was entirely true, I said, what phone have you got in your hand? She got an iPhone. I said, is that an iPhone 1? She said, no. So what one is it? She said, an iPhone 13. <laughs> said, well, it was perfect first time round. Would they need to make another 12? <laughs> she goes, no, okay, I get your point. Right? Because you've always got to be improving. <laughs> exactly. You know, and I think that the mentality is this market, sell, brand. Why are so people afraid to launch a product and then improve it? Because every product that you've got now is the only a version in time. Version, it's a version right? in time, right? Yeah. You know, is the app, you know, say Uber as an app, it's being updated every three months and being improved. Yeah. Like, is what, what we're on version like 200. But if it was good enough at version one, we'd still be on version one, right? 100%. So, so you have to continue improving. You have to market, sell, and brand. That's the things you've got to do. Yeah, a mentor of mine said to me, listen, you might as well just do it anyway because your first one's going to be your worst. Yeah. So you might as well crack on because it doesn't matter when you wait, it's still going to be the worst one you're ever going to do. 100%. So just get that happy years. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, cool. So you know, how, how did you grow that business? What size did you grow that business to? So we went... The business grew very rapidly. As soon as I got the model right, we did a million in that first year when I got the model right. Wow. Then we went to 2.9 so million. that was that year three? Uh, really, because I started the business 2008. In 2009, we went limited to so 2009, 2010, done a million for in that year. Then we went 2.9 million. Then it went to 4.3. We then had a bad year and went to 4.4. Like I worked harder, didn't grow, and that's when yeah. I knew I needed to change the strategy. Then it went to 6.8 million, and then we really grew. We went up to like 13.6 million. Um, I think the number was 24.8 to 33.9 to 40 million pound a year, and we went on this ascension you know, with that particular business. And wow. all the time, grow the teams, grow the people. So I went from being me on my own in a shed mm. to having 120 staff, having five sites, and you know, running a, a large business, dealing with partners and dealing with finance companies and, you know, a complete transformation in my life at, at that stage from where I was to where I wanted to be. And really that transformation took place over that period of time because I continued developing myself. I continued working hard. I started to get the right people around me. I continued working on the market and the sales, the branding, the business strategy and the finance and everything over a period of time. And look, wasn't all perfect. Made a few mistakes along the way. You know, lots of lots of mistakes because you do. Um, it was my first my first business, first business I've ever had. Wow. You know, and uh, yeah, it was... <laughs> <laughs> first business to 40 million total. That's, yeah, uh, yeah. that's not a bad start. And it was, you know, it was, it was great. And, you know, it was a good journey. How, how long... Period that we're talking because you know a lot of businesses. I mean, not even first businesses, but just a lot of businesses mm. in general in the first five years. I think it's over eighty percent. Yeah, of businesses collapsed. No, in the that, first that five business years. was about nine years. I would mm. say nine or ten years, about a decade. Wow. By the time I'd got halfway through, yeah, I I'd become a millionaire personally. Wow. Right. So halfway through the journey, I'd been able to build a net worth in excess of a million, and then later on, I had not just a net worth in excess of a million, yeah. but actually cash in bank, right? You know, able to build up to that level. Um, and yeah, and I started in to much enjoy my life, enjoy what I was doing and, and everything. And yeah, it was great uh, across that period. That, no, honestly, that's what so I did, incredible. just so you know, in order to build that net worth yeah. was I used the profits from the business. I reinvested to keep growing, reinvested to keep growing. But then I started to invest from the very beginning. I had my own pension. 
from the very, very beginning mm -hmm. that I set up when I went self-employed. And I invested in that pension, the full 10 years. I still invest it to, to this day, wow. right? For, for the, the whole term, for another 10 years later, yeah. I still invest in, in that pension. But I also invested in property. So I bought properties along the way. Started off me personally, get my own houses, doing them up, selling them. And then the next one, doing it up and selling. Like the first one I got along this same journey is first property I, I bought, I think it was 150,000, sold it for 200. So I had some money there. Then next one I bought, well, I bought for like two fifty. I sold that for three seven five, so I had a good win there. Next one I bought was eight seven five. I sold it for one point three million. <laughs> next one I bought, I bought for two point one million. Right, and and I built one like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. getting and, and no, I like this. Let me the, the, the profit, you know. Yeah. Um, and then I bought other houses. I did some property portfolio stuff where I bought some properties in other locations. Yeah. I also bought properties and showrooms, commercial properties wow. as well that I bought. Um, yeah, and I, and I did that alongside growing that business. That's brilliant. I mean, obviously, I'm massively into property myself. Mm. Like, why, why did you choose property as an asset class to go into? Um, well, I, I did invest in shares as well, yeah. and I invested in um, pension. Okay. So I had pension, pension I had shares, shares I had property, you know, and I was already invested in business, so I didn't really see that there were too many more to consider. <laughs> right? To be honest, I was, you let know. Me, let me just cover all the uh, Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, that was it, right? And, you know, so I, I realized that investing, and then what I did is started to separate business and personal because a lot of people don't do that. And I'd write advisors like, Adam, you have to look after yourself personally. You have to create wealth for yourself personally as well as wealth for the business. Wow. And, and I started to do that at Can that stage. That? What, what, do you, what do you mean by that? A lot of people that run businesses, their wealth is intrinsically linked to that business. But if it is linked to that business, if any, anything happens with that business or anything goes wrong with that business, you lose all your wealth. So you go from being wealthy to having nothing because you had everything in your business. Mm. So you have to create personal wealth and you have to create business wealth. So does that mean then that you have to be willing to pull up more money even if you're going to pay well, more it's the taxes? Same. Even if you were in a yourself. job, right? Yeah. So let's say I was running that company. Let's say at times I was earning, what, quarter of a million a year, half a million a year, whatever, yeah? Yeah. Now, when I take that money and that dividends and what I'm paid for being the owner of that business, yeah. I can leave that in the bank. I can not take it. I've got an option to leave it in the bank. I've got an option to not take it, or I've got an option to invest it. Mm -hmm. So I took my salary and I invested it. That's what I did. Makes and sense. that built my personal wealth. Yeah. Brilliant. Wow, yeah. fantastic. So you feel instantly, because what a lot of people do is just leave it in yeah. the business so they don't have to pay the income um, the mm. income tax when they put the money out. Yeah. But actually you're saying, take that money, pay your tax, and then actually start to build 100%. your personal wealth. Well, that's what I did. Yeah. Such a great idea. Yeah. Such yeah. a great idea. And then um, what, what is it that you do now? So after the period of that um, business, when it came to, when it was massive in size, I'd started speaking. I got a lot of media opportunities. People wanted to interview me. People wanted me on podcasts. People wanted me speaking at events. And I got involved in actually teaching, coaching, mentoring, personal development. And I went down that route. Eventually, I decided to close that business because of different market changes and things that were happening within that business. And, you know, it was a bit messy. It was not ideal. But I moved into the new business that I moved into, which was coaching, mentoring. And I built that business and we built that into the millions as well. You know, it was a much easier journey second time around, right? Wow. In addition to that, now I have other businesses that I'm a part of. Uh, very recently, um, I had a business that... Um, 
is in the uh, communications industry that we've just signed a very large contract that I'm involved in that. I have other businesses, other things that I do, other property things as well, as, well as the training business and, and wow. mentoring and coaching, which I love, you know, and that's... Absolutely incredible. Yeah. I mean, that, that's actually how we met because I came to yeah. um, one of your events and we'll probably post the picture, but I remember just sitting in the back of the room. I was actually in the back of the room with a colleague of mine. I took a picture of the whole room like that. And I was just like, this is insane. Right, because you know, someone who's ran a business turning over 40 million a year in the room and actually breaking down the systems, yeah, you know, talking about the sales, marketing, numbers, how everything actually links. I was just like, this is going to transform my business. Yeah. It was absolutely incredible, yeah. I'd, and that's the thing, I think that's where what makes what we do unique is I've been there at the highest points, I've had ups, I've had downs. You know, I've created marketing systems that work, not just now for my businesses, but for thousands of other businesses. We have a system that grows businesses. Um, and if somebody's listening and they're a business owner and they want to grow their business, regardless of what industry you're in, we know the system to put in place to help you grow and help you grow profitably and help you to avoid the problems and cope with the mental pressures and get everything right in order to get the result you want. And that's why I do what I do and I love it and I enjoy it. And it's, uh, you know, and now I have the choices to, in that nice place as i said so we've got the success that i wanted to get i've been able to win multiple awards european entrepreneur of the year as amazon uh finalist of the year and lots of different things lots of cool things all the celeb interviews and just yeah, love I what i'm doing now say, you know yeah, is, we might not have enough yeah. time for you to yeah, go yeah. through the list no, like, no. literally i was in the yeah. office and you got pictures with mm. probably every blooming star in the uk like over there in america as well mm. so yeah um you know it's been absolutely incredible like, i've really really enjoyed this and i think anyone listening is just understanding there was something that just kept going through the whole thing for me. And you just kept talking about develop myself. You know, I read books and I, you know, developed, studied. It was just always about personal growth. Because when you grow, you know, whatever endeavors you actually want to get into, that's also going to grow as well, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like it's Like you said, it's, it's in line as your business was growing. You were also growing personally as well. So just keep developing yourself. A hundred percent. And, you know, for anyone watching, it's like, just remember, you know, it's a journey. Enjoy the journey. Absolutely. You know, enjoy the journey. And it's been, uh, it's certainly what I've done. Absolutely. Pleasure. So yeah. just um, one final question, yeah. um, which is no a worries. tradition for the podcast. You've literally started from the bottom, right? Mm. You were at 15 years old. You were living by yourself. That's crazy. Right? Like, I always uh, remember uh, Gemma uh, Collins is a friend of mine. I remember when she came into one of my showrooms one day and she just put, put that song on. Started from the bottom and nah, glaring at yeah, 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 yeah. because she saw me as well. Yeah, you know? incredible, yeah. which mm. is just absolutely mind blowing. So you've done all that. You've run huge businesses. You're still running a huge business. You know, you're just you know crazy busy. Hence why when you said you were free today, I'm like, I'm coming down yeah. today. Like, I'm running down. Like, so the podcast is called The Need to Succeed. Yeah. So today, mm. which is the fifth of August, 2022. Yeah. Like, what is your need to succeed now? I think that um, I personally enjoy the challenges, the challenges of growth. I like the um, variety. It depends in what context you mean, because I think success has to have context. Like for me as a dad, I want to be the best dad I can be, yeah. you know, and that's, uh, you know, success in that area. From a financial point of view, you know, obviously in a good position financially and being able to build businesses that give me financial freedom and choices and things, which is great. But for me now, it's about helping more people, helping more people grow, um, seeing them grow, giving them that knowledge and helping them on the journey, which is uh, what, what I like to do now. And I love what I do. 
Absolutely amazing. Listen, yeah. it's been an absolute pleasure. You know, I, for one, I'm really, really grateful for that. It's because pleasure. of what I learned, mm. you know, in this room that is or literally the reason yep. why doing this podcast, getting the messages out there, you know, I'm eternally grateful. And Adam, thank you so much for your time today. Well done, buddy. Thank, thank you. you very much. Hi, everybody. Adam here. And I hope you loved today's episode. Hope you thought it was fabulous. And if you did, I'd like to ask you a small favor. Could you jump over and go and give the podcast a review? Of course, I'll be super grateful if that is a five-star review. We're putting our all into this podcast for you, delivering you the content, giving you the secrets. And if you've enjoyed it, please go and give us a review and talk about what your favorite episode is, perhaps. Every single month, I select someone from that review list to come to one of my exclusive Academy days and have lunch with me on the day, meeting hundreds of my clients. So if you want that to be you, then you're going to be in with a shout if you go and give us a review on iTunes. Please, of course, do remember to subscribe so you can get all the up-to-date episodes. Peace and love, and I'll see you very, very soon. Thank you.